I'm Floyd Hall, and I am here with Danielle Gilmore, one of my favorite people to talk to. And and I want to talk to you actually about the title of this podcast. So I have a podcast, as you know. The podcast is entitled Today, Maybe Forever. And it just dawned on me what that actually meant. And this is a weird thing because I named something a thing and I thought it meant something, but it didn't really crystallize until later. And so I realized this morning as I was coming to talk to you, I said, you know what? I think today, maybe forever, I know what it means now. So initially I was like, every day there are things that we do that may have some lasting impact for some other future moment. Maybe, maybe not. But everything does lead to something else. And that one thing that you do today, whether it be that one word of wisdom or just one word of encouragement, or when you decide to take a different route to work or to the coffee shop or to whatever, could change your life. You never know. Um, But today is very finite. Like today is a very finite thing. Um, Forever is infinite but also very definitive. But in the middle between today and forever, there are lots of maybes. And so you don't know, you know, maybe it's kind of a a funny word because, you know, most of the time maybe, you kind of hope it means that it's about to happen, whatever it is, but maybe, maybe not, you know. So in between today and in between forever, there are lots of maybes. And so this podcast, Today, Maybe, Forever, is sort of like the today is here, then there's maybes in the middle, and then there's lots of forevers after that. So I realized that today. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So let's just pivot because I want to talk to you about New Mexico. So tell me about New Mexico. New Mexico, man. So, so a little context. I went to New Mexico for a, it was a work trip, actually. You know, we uh, we went to talk about some grant funding that is going to be happening with the organization that I work for, and some of what the expectation is behind receiving the funding, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And um, I had no real expectation of some of what took place on this trip. It was a very spiritual, emotional trip, actually. Never been to New Mexico, haven't spent a lot of time in the Southwest at all. Um, but this time around, these, these funders really pulled out all the stops, really. Like, we had great accommodations, we had um, access to amenities such as room service, and we had some healing services done for us, such as massage and Reiki and, and other things like that. And, it was just an amazing experience and I think what blew my mind the most is we had some indigenous people from the area come into our session before it began and, and pray for us and with us and um, introduce us to their language and some words that meant certain things in the language and it, it was just a heartwarming kind of heartfelt situation altogether. And, um, 
It's made me very introspective. So it's very interesting to me that I showed up here today with you and you hit me with some of the heaviness around today, maybe being forever. And I am in total agreement with you about some of the decisions that we make in this very moment as we sit next to each other right now that could lead to something going on for the next who knows how long. You know, that the serendipity of the universe, right? How it brings people together, has us make certain decisions, do certain things, and how those impacts are so lasting. And what we thought was just a brief moment in passing turns out to be something that absolutely alters the course of our life in some ways. So I just think that's amazing. I think that's an amazing title for your podcast as well. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you for that. Um, and uh, I, I told you earlier that you helped me to update my, my worldview of what I thought New Mexico was. Uh, because you sent me a, a quick video of you by some water. And I guess, I mean, I know that there's lots of biodiversity everywhere. And I think no place is ever just sort of one thing. But I do think, uh, thinking about the Southwest, uh, thinking about Arizona and Mexico, you sort of just sort of mentally just think nothing but... Uh, desert and dry. Desert, yeah, like, you know, cactus or, you know, cacti kind of yeah. just out there and vultures and, you know, it's just not a place for, you know, for man to be able to thrive. Right. Um, but clearly there have been people who have been living, you know, in those environments for... Uh, for many, many years um, that predate, you know, this country being a country that, that predate the name Mexico, you know, and so you mentioned uh, getting to have some time with the indigenous people from from that area and also sort of seeing some of the biodiversity that was there. Uh, I'm a little bit jealous. I'm, I'm a little bit jealous. So I'm, I'm, I'm glad that I'm glad that, that you were able to uh, experience that and to, to come back to Atlanta refreshed and, you know, introspective. Absolutely. Like I said, it far exceeded my expectations around what was going to take place over the couple of days that we were there. It was a full experience, and I was only there for about two days. So it, it was amazing. And that water that I showed you, actually, one of the elders that I mentioned that prayed for us before we started our session, um, he said, if you make it to this water, I forget what they call it. I don't want to ruin the name. It was beautiful. He said, if you make it to this water, take some of it in your hand, put a little bit of it on the top of your head, you know, do the whole ritual ceremony type thing that he demonstrated to us. And so I said, I'm going to make it to this water. It was about a mile from where we were staying. So I walked over. It wasn't a big deal to get to it. But once I got to it, I did exactly what he said do. And I stood there and I just cried. Like I, I legitimately stood there and cried about how beautiful it was, what it felt like to actually make it. And another story, real briefly, I'm going to tell you. It was about a mile of a walk. So I'm singularly focused on getting to this water. And I'm walking and I'm walking and I'm hot and I'm tired. And I've come out of one layer of clothing. And I'm walking and I'm walking. I walked completely past the water. I didn't see the water until I came back on the return route. I had given up. I gotten about a mile and a half down. I know the girl that sent me there and the guy earlier in the day said it was about a mile. So once I got past the mile, I said, I'm never going to find it. I'm just going to turn around and go back to the resort. On the way back, I looked to my left and there it is. And I said, now isn't this a bit of a metaphor for life, right? I'm so singularly focused on trying to find something in particular that I'm not even looking around to see that what I want is right over here to the left. 
So that, that put a lot on my mind. And I stopped and I, like I said, I did the whole ritual that he told us to do. And it was just amazing. Absolutely amazing. Now, where do you want to travel next? Where do I want to travel next? Yeah. Great question. You know, I've, I've had this South Africa bug. Okay. Like, I know a couple of people who go back and forth there for work often. I've like kind of put it out there to them. Let me join you on one of your trips. They, right, they think right. I'm playing, but I'm so serious. So I'm thinking I want to get out and see Durban or somewhere like that, you know? Okay. Yeah. I send, can it. send good energy my way around it. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're putting it into the universe. Absolutely. You've already communicated it to those right. folks who can help make that happen, you know, for you. So I think that we have to, we have to uh, continue to just affirm that. Yeah. I'm already claiming it. It's going to happen. It is going to happen. It has happened already. We're just waiting on the physical manifestation of it. There you go. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I think about whenever I think about you in particular um, is, is this energy, yes. Like a certain energy around... around uh, becoming more free to be who we are like this sort of evolution of getting more and more free uh, in terms of our thought in terms of our movement in terms of how we present ourselves to the world um, the last time that we spoke like in to this level of, of, of uh, depth maybe was let's call it six months ago mm-hmm. are you more free now than you were then and if so how so Wow. Who knew you were coming with with this kind of goodness today? Wow. Am I more free now than I was six months ago? And if so, how and why? Well, let me first tell you, when you mentioned freedom, my thoughts around becoming more free involve better understanding what it is that's keeping us from it anyway. Okay. You know, what's in the way? Freedom is there, as I see it for myself at least. It's always there. So it always has been there. And so my work looks like getting from underneath whatever it is is keeping me from accessing it as fully as I can. Um, so I can say that I feel a lot freer today than I did six months ago. And a big part of what has gone into it is better understanding myself, really. Um, things like this. I absolutely enjoy talking with you. Every single time we get together it's good conversation and it feels inspiring and it encourages me to go forward and do more of what I want to do in the world. That feels like free. Freeness. Um, I'm in a very awesome relationship with someone that I'm really trying with and enjoying being with for the most part. It has its challenges. I feel freer in that. Um, I'm having these conversations with people that I love around some of the things that may have gotten in the way from us connecting in a more fuller capacity and that feels freeing and ultimately I'm connecting to a source that's greater than myself Um, I call it God um, but depending on the day it can be a tree it can be a baby it can be a fantastic cup of coffee it can be anything that's inspiring and encouraging me to be my fullest self so in all of those things and those are just a few things that have come to mind but in all of that I feel freer by the day Uh, and ultimately around that is surrender Right. I have to act like I don't know anything every single day. And in saying that, I don't mean to not know what I know to conduct my life in the best way that I know how to go about conducting it. 
But I mean, I feel so much better about life and so much freer when I'm more inquisitive than judgmental, right? When I'm more curious than judgmental, more open to better understanding what I thought I knew. Because there's always a deeper level of understanding with everything that we think we already know. And in fact, for me, it feels like death when I say, oh, I know, I know. Because do I really? What do we really know? Honestly. I don't want to get too heavy there, but what do we really know, right? <laughs> right, right. What's, what's really keeping us sitting straight down on these chairs right now as far as the scientific components behind it? We know that our butts are on the stool and we're sitting here, but what's going into it, right? What's keeping us walking and talking? What's, what's flowing through us? These are all things we can learn, but not many of us readily know it. Like the divinity behind it all. Like what brought us here today to have this con- this conversation over this podcast about these very interesting concepts that have been flowing through me. So pretty much when you start putting this out there on the table, I'm like, wow, Floyd is in my mind right now. <laughs> Everything he's talking about is profound and things that I've been thinking about over the past few days with the New Mexico experience and work life and love life and family life. So, you know, I'm just, I remain curious, as curious as I can be. Yeah, I mean, and, and I think it's interesting that you, you talk about uh, remaining curious and trying to stay in a place where you are inquisitive and acting like you don't know, even though you do, or even though you don't want to deny what you have learned up to this point, it's sort of trying to add another layer to that. Mm-hmm. Because I think that as I've you know, as we all grow every day, the things that you sort of learn and what you can accept and what you can surrender to, I think it takes a little bit of of curiosity to allow yourself to let go of the things that you that you think you already know and allow some room for some other things to kind of, you know, get in there and mix in there. Um, because then you're challenging yourself. You know, you are almost like you're kind of editing your life you know it's like all right let me let me get some stuff out there and then add some more words to this composition but then maybe I could take some other things away that maybe uh, don't mean the same thing as they used to mean or maybe they don't mean what I need them to mean for me so now I can just edit that out or edit it in a different way or move something elsewhere Um, but you can only do that if you're still open to seeing the composition as incomplete you know right absolutely the whole editing piece and I I think about some of the people that I've come in contact with who it seems like it seems like they have made a decision that their life is what it is and what it will be so for let me think about how I'm trying to say this with the topic or the title rather of your podcast right today maybe forever when I come in contact with individuals that think today maybe forever meaning that that's all there is it's kind of sad because they so I'm I'm seeing how this can go a couple different ways many different ways actually you know Um, but I'm seeing how if we get stuck in thinking that where we are today is where we will always be what what we're always doing will always be what we're doing that's like death in some ways. Like if we're not open to learning more, if we're not open to looking at the self and saying, huh, could I have done that better? Or could I have done that differently? Or, you know, what do I like? What do I not like? 
I'm 33 years old, right? And there are still some days, and, and it's, as I talk with others who are much older than me, there are days where I'm still like, do I like this? Why am I doing this? You know, I'm doing this because I think I'm supposed to be doing this, but is this really what I want to do? Um, and of course, in any life, there's going to be some doing of things we don't want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, I feel like better understanding what it is that we do want to do and what we like and what makes us feel alive, et cetera, et cetera, is important too. So, but yeah, my initial point was just coming in contact with individuals that think that it's all there is is right now. It feels a little scary. It's it's very scary, and I think it's sometimes the symptom of a different, you know, just maybe where that person is and maybe what the constraints are on them. Because I think sometimes we do have constraints on our lives sure. um, that may force us into a different mode of, of survival, mm-hmm. you know, or not able to fully thrive because of just maybe these conditions. Some of them, them being the conditions, some of those conditions may be, you know, very real threats on our body. Right. You know, if you live in, a, in an environment where your day-to-day survival is not guaranteed, you know, on the average, not guaranteed. Right then your concept of today being forever is very quite literal or maybe even a more visceral kind of way to approach life because that may not be may not have the luxury of thought to imagine beyond today right um but on the flip side uh i think about um and 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 that's sort of an extreme situation but also you know very real like there's Instances of, of, you know, of uh, conflict and, and things in the world where daily life is, is different than it is here in Atlanta. Absolutely. Well, you, and even neighborhoods in Atlanta, there's, there's those same neighborhoods, there's so, those same environments that could also lend itself towards that same, you know, level of, of uh, survival mentality. Um, but absent of that, um, I think that for a lot of us, I don't want to use the word complacency, but that's the word that's most available to me right now, where you you get settled, or maybe you stop questioning. And so if you are in a place where you're more settled, maybe you're not questioning, maybe you're not curious, then that notion of of today being kind of what what it is going to be, today being what it is, uh, lends itself to this evolution of it being kind of your your forever. Right. And, you know, yeah. Excuse me. Actually, and, and as you started talking, I thought I more so want to bring that statement into my heart when I said um, it gets scary when someone else think it gets scary when I start thinking like that because I'm not above that. I have mm-hmm. days where it feels so bad, you know, things feel so scary or whatever the case may be that I'm like, this is all there is, and it's in those moments where I feel like my world gets about as big as a postage stamp because hope for me is what expands life in general. Like when I'm most hopeful, my life feels most open, I feel most full, I feel most capable and able to do more of what it is that I wanna do on the planet when I'm hopeful. And in those moments where I see myself less hopeful or not very hopeful at all, it's like I don't even feel like I can do the, the, the minimum of things. 
And so I'm saying this to you as someone who, as far as standards go of living, I have a pretty privileged life. Like, I have a great life. I have, you know, a little money. I have access to certain things. I have clean drinking water, et cetera, et cetera. So I almost feel guilty when I get into these spaces where I feel like this is all there is. And I'm like, am I complaining? Because I can get on any, you know, any website and, and put in some third world country. And we don't even have to go that far, like you just said. You can think about what's going on in some of the spots in Atlanta with children not having access to food because school's out now, et cetera, et cetera. So I imagine some parent who's wondering how they're going to feed their children now that school's out. This probably is all there is today. They have to get out there and figure out what they're going to do for today to make sure there will be a tomorrow for their children and themselves. So, yeah. You mentioned something in your in your thoughts there about being scared. Mm-hmm. And I think that's perhaps one, or maybe a few, but definitely one that I can think of, one emotion or feeling that we are very much discouraged from admitting as adults. Yes. You know, we are very, uh, you know, from a, a pride thing, from just whatever you, however you want to couch it, admitting that you're afraid of something um, or submitting to that particular emotion is very difficult. Even though it drives a lot of our outward decisions, you know, there's, if you dig down into it, sometimes fear is, is at the core of, of some of that. And you talked about hopeful or being hopeful. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, you know, there's a certain airy sort of light quality that when you're when you're hopeful about something, like you you're literally, you know, walking on air. Like you can feel mm-hmm. like you're above whatever it is in the world, in your world, and you're kind of gliding along. And it's interesting that that we battle with these emotions inside of us and I'm wondering how can we, and this is not to ask you for an answer, but just thinking out loud, you know, if we're aware of that hope and what it feels like to have that and we're aware of that fear, you know, and what that feels like and kind of how that can weigh you down, you know, I'm, I'm thinking how, how cognizant are we on a day-to-day basis, uh, are we of our ability to, to, to feed one or the other you know yeah absolutely you know and I've been coming across literature and, and podcasts and other things lately that have been talking about how there's fear and there's love and everything else branches off from those two um, and of course there's more science behind it than I'm prepared to go into right now but it makes me think about, okay, so is what I'm doing bringing about more love? Meaning what I'm saying about another person in their absence, how I'm treating my partner and friends and family, um, how I'm treating my fellow humans who occupy the planet, fellow individuals, beings all together, animals following that too. How, what's, what am I doing on the planet? Is it bringing about more love? Because if not, then there's going to be some fear associated with it. And I feel like I've gotten pretty good at both. You know, I can I can definitely do some things that bring about more fear, more angst, more frustration, if only in my own life, and especially, too, in the life of those who love me. I'm very grateful to be very loved. Um, 
But that, that for me has become like the very simple question because I, I've been one who's been practicing Buddhist traditions for mm, close to 10 years now, a little under, probably about eight or nine years actually. And something that we talk about is if we're not helping a situation, the least we can do is not cause more harm in it. So I think about that when I'm doing a thing. And of course I don't get it perfectly. It's progress, not perfection over this way. But I think about that. If, is what I'm doing causing more harm to a situation? Is what I'm doing helping a situation? If it's not helping it, I don't want to bring harm at least. And as far as the fear goes, and, and with me, my personal way to combat it, and combat, you know, for lack of a better word, is to talk about it. I don't know what it's like for the brothers and fear and how y'all get to, you know, talk with each other about that or other people who love you all about it. But I know for the sisters, I feel like sometimes, especially the, the black and brown sisters, we are supposed to be fearless and we are supposed to carry much of what's going on in our community, much of what's going on in our relationships, much of what's going on in our workplaces. You know, the sisters have been looked at as worker horses on some levels. Um, and I know that when I started saying I'm scared, these folks around me who seem to look at me like the fearless one, they started getting scared, looking at me like, you're scared, what, you did this, you did that? Because I've had a very adventurous life so far and I'm very grateful and, and a lot of the stuff that I've done, I was terrified, but I did it anyway, which includes packing up and moving to Atlanta with $200 in a car full of stuff. Um, at one point I moved to Alaska, same kind of deal there. I took a plane though, I wasn't driving there. <laughs> um, just these things that I've done in my life that have been terrifying, but I discovered this probably, I was probably in my early 20s. Someone was, and it's a Buddhist nun actually, not someone, her name is Pima Chodron. She's a Buddhist nun and she did a lecture where she was talking about how afraid she is of so much stuff, but the thing about her is that she did it anyway. That inspired me. I thought, okay, I can be scared. I'm going to do it scared. You know, I could be whatever. I'm going to do it anyway. So that that's something that I do around the fear. I feel the fear. Try not to be self-destructive because that's something else that I come stock with is a tendency to want to escape. So I can use all kind of things when I get too much fear built up. So I have to talk about it with people that I care about and know who understand my heart and are willing to share theirs with me. And, and I'm, I'm honest. I'm afraid or I, I'm whatever. I'm confused. I'm tired. I'm frustrated. I talk about these kind of things regularly. And in talking about them, I get them out of there and make room for more life. Because I feel like fear just, it, it completely blots out opportunity for full lives. That's just my opinion, though, of course. But when I'm in a, living in a fear-based kind of, I'm having a fear-based life. I'm making fear-based decisions. No hope is there. Because all I see is, how can I get to the next thing, the next thing, the next thing? Which, back to kind of circle around what we talked about, right? A lot of people are living fear-based lives. Hand to mouth, what's the next thing, the next thing, the next thing? I get that very well. Um, so yeah, that, that's, I don't want to start saying stuff that I don't have to say the least to make the most impact. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, fear, I mean, I think it's 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 a great uh, it's a great notion when you can feel a full range of emotions mm -hmm. and yet still be able to then use even those negative emotions or maybe the less positive emotions or the ones that are coming from a darker place um, to then still propel yourself into an into a place or. Uh, 
into a, a productive moment, something that's still going to, you know, lend itself to a positive outcome. Um, and I think that um, you talk about, you know, being afraid but still doing it anyway. You know, like, I, I don't, I don't, I've never gotten the notion that the most accomplished folks uh, exist, you know, in a vacuum where there's no fear. Mm-hmm. You know, um, uh, you're from Kentucky, right? Indiana. Indiana. But close. You, close. But you spent some time in, in Kentucky. Yeah, I went to Kentucky okay. State University. So, uh, Muhammad Ali from Louisville. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't, you can't step into a ring afraid to get hit. And maybe you are afraid to get knocked out. I mean, I mean, or maybe you have a a, a legitimate fear of being hit, or a or a a real fear of of knowing that there's harm across from you. Sure. But that does not stop you from doing what you do. Right. And not to compare everything to you know conflict, uh, but in a visceral sense, you know, like there's there are very real fears that you have to that you have to overcome, um, or at least take with you. Right. Even as you're going along this journey, there may be some fear that has to come along with you, and you have to still do it anyhow. Right. Um, and and I'm reminded of a conversation, again, into another sports analogy, but this was, I'm going to maybe get this wrong, but someone will correct me who okay. hears this. Uh, but um, there's a coach named Jim Valvano. Uh, uh, Jimmy V's is what they called him. And he died of cancer some years ago. Um, but there's a, a Jimmy V fund for cancer research that a lot of sports entities support, pour money into, that kind of stuff. Yeah. But in one of his, his speeches, he said something you know, to the effect of, you know, it's not a full day for me unless I've cried over something, I've laughed over something. Like I, I, I express all these emotions in a full day because like that gets me to where I'm I'm fully experiencing this life and I'm able to then continue to make it better each day. Um, and that's my sort of paraphrase on what he was saying, but he was saying that he, you know, he was always known as, as an emotional coach anyway. So people, his players would never, you know, it wasn't, a, it wasn't uh, rare to see him cry, you know, or shed a couple of tears about whatever. But it was one of those things where even as a, a leader of, 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 of men in sport where there's a lot of ego and a lot of uh, bravado. Um, he had this notion of having a full experience of, of where we are by sometimes you cry, sometimes you laugh. You have to have all these things together to uh, kind of fully experience what we're going through as, as, uh, as humans. Mm-hmm. So I think about that every now and then as well. I think that's amazing, and I'm not familiar with Jimmy V, but I think his uh, outlook on life matches mine. I am a crier. I cry a lot, and it's <laughs> it's interesting to watch the people I share my world with around me. I mean, I cry about great things. I cry. I saw a baby the other day that was so perfect that I just cried. I'm like, how is this baby so perfect? I mean, little curl on her head. Mm-hmm. Just a perfect baby. And, and I think I'm at that point where, you know, my little clock is ticking or whatever. That's neither here nor there. Gotcha. But as far <laughs> as that goes, I really agree with that. The full expression of our humanness, whatever that looks like for us on any given moment. Because I, I think about things like 
the heart getting blocked, right? When we don't express these things every day, I feel like, and I say we, it's almost like I'm talking this out there, but when I say we, I'm thinking about me and all those folks inside of me. I have a committee in there. So when I don't express myself as fully as I can on a daily basis, I get blockages. And, and more of the fear starts coming about because I haven't been able to get outside of all of that and express it. So I need to cry. I need to laugh hysterically sometimes. I need to shout sometimes. I need to pound on things sometimes. You know, not another person. I'm very nonviolent um, for all kinds of reasons because I've experienced that in my life and it wasn't great. It wasn't good at all, actually. But like, I need to express myself in these kind of ways every day and when I don't I feel congested emotionally and and you will hear me talking to a friend like I need to have a mental toilet flush is what I call it when all those emotions get built up in there but it's very real science behind what happens to us with our fight or flight right every time we have that kind of reaction to certain things we get the cortisol releases and things like that that i can't talk too much about but that stuff stays in our body for days Mm. afterwards you know i don't know if you've ever heard of anyone that hunts or anything like that but you have to kill an animal in a particular way whereas you don't have them release that kind of stuff into their own system because then that makes the meat go rancid oh that's neither here nor there. Did not either. know that. Random okay. fact. Random fact. Random fact that, you know, <laughs> be responsible in your hunting and things like that. But I'm just saying, we're no different. Our bodies are set up for us to release. And I've had some great teachers in my life come along and demonstrate that for me. Like I had a yoga instructor for a few years who would tell me the issues live in our tissues, right? And she would talk about emotion. She's like, it's energy, and all energy wants to do is move emotion energy and motion emotions so i learned how to move my body a lot and and i get stuck with that sometimes too progress not perfection but when i have those weeks where i don't go about expressing myself and and i jog a bit i ride a bicycle from time to time i walk quite a bit i do yoga and other things that help me move those feelings through so back to your original point about that coach i agree with him totally my day has probably been a little dark if I haven't cried, laughed, called someone and, and got very emotional about whatever we were discussing, walked, ran, skipped, done something to express my humanness. When I just let it sit inside of me, it, it gets to be a little scary and murky, so mm. I have to move it regularly. Well, as we wrap up, one thing I do always want to ask you about, or that we kind of talk about lightly here and there, but uh, haven't touched on it uh, today in this conversation. What is the next tattoo that you're gonna get? Wow, the next tattoo that I'm gonna get? Yeah. You are amazing, Floyd. Cause I've been thinking about tattoos next. And honestly, I think the next one is going to be a lotus flower. Okay. On my left forearm, somewhere in between the vibrate higher and this little random symbol that I put on there from a book that I was reading called The Power of Now. Um, yeah, so the lotus flower. Trying to figure out what I want to do. I have a tattoo artist in Toronto that I'm talking with who says she could stylize a lotus flower for me that won't quite look like a flower, but will resemble it. So I'm thinking I may let that happen in the next few weeks when I'm back up there visiting my significant other. Well, all right. Yeah. Danielle Gilmore, thank you so much. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure, as always.